0: All right, welcome to another edition of Bitcoin Tech Talk. Uh, This is issue number 242, The Great Bitcoin Reset. As always, you can find my podcast or find this newsletter on jimmysong.substack.com and hopefully you can subscribe and get it every Monday. All right, here we go. The Great Bitcoin Reset. The past year and a half has completely overturned the world. The world is still locked down in large swaths. And we went through a pretty contested presidential election and there were social protests of all types all over the world. The Bitcoin community and its perception in the mainstream have also gone through a significant amount of change in the past year. Not only did Bitcoin survive a huge crash in March of last year, but Bitcoin also went through its third halving, kickstarting a supply shortage that resulted in another bull run. More than that, however, has been the narrative change around Bitcoin. Few people are now challenging the store value narrative, and few altcoins talk about usurping Bitcoin. There's also been a separation of Bitcoin from altcoins, and the differences are better understood by the market. Institutions have started getting in, and we're seeing a financialization of Bitcoin, or rather, the Bitcoinization of finance that we hadn't previously seen. Sure, there are still altcoin pumps and people printing their own money or non-fungible versions thereof, but the narrative is clearly Bitcoin and it's very different than say 2017. This shift is reflected in the confidence coming in the conference coming up this week, Bitcoin 2021. This conference will be breaking all sorts of Bitcoin conference records, and unlike say Consensus 2019, which is best remembered for having Tron creator Justin Sun's face everywhere, the focus is on Bitcoin and not on scams. The industry is maturing and it's obvious that there's intellectual death to Bitcoin unlike the flash-in-the-pan promises of everything all coins. We're going to see really interesting talks about the future of Bitcoin and not marketing drivel you get, uh, to get you to buy some token that the speaker is backing. Just look at the content that Bitcoin 2021's organizers, Bitcoin Magazine, have been putting out in comparison to the articles from Consensus' organizers, CoinDesk. The difference in analysis, thoughtfulness, and value is stark, and it's clear the center of gravity has shifted. The pump and dumps have left a lot of altcoiners jaded and tired, while the proven value has left Bitcoiners energized and excited. In other words, the industry as a whole is becoming more Bitcoin and less crypto, and this conference, conference is one of the major indicators. And boy, do we have a lot of celebrating to catch up on. The having all-time high, trillion-dollar market cap, possible ETF, and taproot, are, among other things, are worthy of celebration and should make for a good time. So this is sort of like my pump post for Miami. Um, obviously, it's coming up later this week, and I will be flying out later today. Um, it's very exciting, and I think a lot of people will be, um, you know, pumped to go do all of that. And we're seeing something of a pre-conference come, pump a little bit in the markets right now. Uh, we'll, we'll see if that continues throughout this week. Uh, but, yeah, the big shift has been from Coindesk to Bitcoin Magazine, uh, from coins to Bitcoin and I think this will continue to be the case going forward. I mean, that's not to say that if Ethereum had a conference that there wouldn't be a lot of people. Um, but there, it, it's, the shift is pretty obvious in how people perceive Bitcoin and what its utility is. A lot of the Ethereum people are long gone because they've gone on to do some other scam or something. A new Taproot signaling period began on Saturday. BTC.com seems to have completely upgraded and is now consistently signaling. As every major pool is now signaling, with Mara being the lone exception, about 97.5% of hashing power is signaling for Taproot. When this signaling period closes around June 12th, Speedy Trial should be locked in and ready to go. So, speedy trial looks like it will get uh, uh, locked in on this next period. Uh, the next period started on Saturday. It goes for 2016 blocks. I think uh, over 200 blocks have uh, have come in. Um, if you go to taproot.watch, um, you can see how many blocks. Yeah, it's 223 signaling blocks and 6 non-signaling blocks as of this reading. Um, And, you know, once we get to uh, something like 1900 or so, so, um, you know, we're we're good to go. A new paper puts forward a better algorithm for block transaction uh, selection to optimize fee revenue. The paper does a good job of showing how child pays for parent transactions in aggregate can have better per V-byte fee rates than the root transaction might have. The construct of treating these as a single group should make the fee calculation much easier and should improve minor profitability. Um, so, they, essentially, the greedy algorithm that Bitcoin Core uses for transaction selection in blocks is uh, is a little bit uh, less than optimal because it's possible to have child pays for parent. So, you can have like a one Satoshi per byte transaction, and then a child that's doing like a hundred. Uh, you know, Satoshis per byte or something like that. Um, And if they do that, then the hundred should get priority. uh, Like basically the two of them, assuming they're about the same size, uh, in aggregate is about 50 and a half uh, V bytes per um, Satoshi per byte. So that's how it should be treated. Um, the algorithm doesn't necessarily do that. And you can have entire chains of this stuff to optimize fees. And child pace for parent is a viable fee strategy. By the way, this is a good way if somebody pays you and it keeps not confirming, you just pay to yourself if you're willing to uh, burn a little bit in fees. That's, that's what you're supposed to do. Speaking of child pace for parent, Antoine Riard explores the various fee bumping strategies which are particularly important for second layer protocols like Lightning. CPFP um, input-based fee bumping using Sighash None and Sighash Single are explored, as well as one potential new one in Sighash AnyPrevOut. Among other things, Antoine shows how using Sighash AnyPrevOut, fees can be bumped for whole chains of transactions, which in turn could represent a large number of Lightning channels. Something to think about as AnyPrevOut is on the docket as a possible next uh, fork. So, um you can you can use something like Child Pace for Parent to, you know, basically fee bump like a whole mess of uh lightning uh channels at the same time, uh, which which ha- has some really interesting potential. Um uh because you you don't have to like try to manage so many at once and this this could yeah, uh this could be a very good thing for lightning. Lightning Labs introduces sidecar channels, a way to onboard new users onto the Lightning Network very quickly. Their Lightning Pool uh, is a liquidity provider market with lots of inbound channels, and someone can buy inbound channels for nodes that haven't yet been spun up. Essentially, inbound liquidity can now be purchased without the need to have Bitcoin. This is great for more seamless user experience, which entrepreneurs can take advantage of. So. Right now, um, not only do you have to set up the Lightning node, you have to put some Bitcoin into it and then uh, go get some inbound liquidity. Now you can get paid in Lightning. Um, so that's kind of a cumbersome three-step process. Uh, what Lightning uh, Pool's uh, sidecar channels does is it makes the inbound liquidity easier to get and without necessarily having to pay Bitcoin for it. You can pay for it in dollars or whatever. Um and you know you can you can have like a seamless user experience. I'd lo- I, uh, I'd love to see something like this be taken advantage of, and somebody make a Lightning wallet based on that. Uh, some some like point of sale terminal that's easy to get uh, a well connected inbound liquidity with uh, without having to set up everything, and you can just sort of get it done really quickly right away. Michael Levin argues that lightning will be the technology that crosses Bitcoin into the mainstream. The article's model of tech adoption is based on a famous book, Crossing the Chasm. Levin argues that chasm crossing will happen as Bitcoin becomes more of a payment mechanism. I'm not sure I entirely agree, but I do think there's something there about money's general adoption curve. Store value, method of payment, then unit of account. Um, And, you know, if you haven't read Crossing the Chasm, it was kind of... um, an interesting book in the early 2000s. I, I read it many years ago. Uh, but the idea is that you have early adopters, and then it needs to cross into the mainstream and you get mainstream adoption. Uh, Michael Levin's argument is that you need method of payment in order to cross into it. I'm not so sure anymore. I think uh, store value is enough to cross into the mainstream because people desperately need a store of value. But that's it. it's an interesting argument and worth reading economics engineering etc bituda has an analysis of what's going on with bitcoin mining in china many miners are anticipating a ban so are looking for new places to deploy their equipment as bituda points out this is not likely going to be easy as there aren't that many places that can take the amount of equipment and put them to use they predict that mining equipment prices will go down as a result of the selling pressure the mining economic dynamics are fluid and very interesting and worth keeping an eye on. So, um, essentially, a lot of miners are anticipating some sort of China ban uh, based on, you know, like the energy arguments or whatever. Um, so they're they're looking to other places to deploy their equipment. Of course, in order to deploy, you need a large energy supply, and there aren't honestly that many places in the world that are equipped to just take. A lot of equipment, um, a lot of places that have that energy already have the equipment. Um, so you basically need uh, a deployment site somewhere where there is a lot of energy being produced at cheap enough rates that they can just go and deploy it. Um, and as the article points out, there aren't that many, um, though, you know, I, I suspect that it's not that hard to build Um but, uh, but you know, uh, BitUda thinks that mining equipment, because there aren't many places outside of China that can take the amount of equipment that's going to come out of it, uh, means that the prices on the equipment itself will get cheaper, incentivize more people to go build, um, you know, data centers and so on. So um, worth keeping an eye on. And it'll definitely uh, sort of um you know distribute the equipment outside of China and we'll 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 see. Uh but good analysis, worth reading. Uh Holdernil Caulfield and Celine Lindstrom show how energy is crucial to civilization and how Bitcoin is set to make it much better. As they point out, it's not energy production per se that is valuable, but ordered energy, particularly in the form of electricity that is valuable. As electricity is not that portable and requires a significant amount of capital expenditure to make available, they predict that miners will eventually just be electricity providers and theorize about the prices at which they'll secure the network. So, um, they they make that great point. Like you can produce electricity a lot of different ways, but I produce energy a lot of different ways. But really, you need to turn it into energy in order for it to be that uh, pr- pretty useful. Um, I I mean, gasoline and coal and stuff like that being uh, some noted exceptions where you can sort of carry it with you. Uh, But a a lot of it uh, eventually gets turned into energy, uh, electricity anyway. Um, And electricity infrastructure is very expensive. Um, It requires a lot of capex, as they say. So um, really interesting perspective worth reading in full as well. Alex Gladstein makes the argument that Bitcoin is a huge humanitarian benefit. As he points out, aid from Western countries usually sets back domestic industry in the less developed countries. Bitcoin gives such places a way to bootstrap energy as there's a natural market that requires much less infrastructure. His suggestion for improving these countries through markets, including Bitcoin instead of straight up aid, is worth contemplating. And this is something that I think as a libertarian I've been crowing about for a while, which is that you know, you give aid to countries and you completely upset their economic order. Um, essentially, you're making certain things free um, and, you know, you're uh, hurting the entrepreneurs that would benefit by being able to sell the things that, you know, uh, other countries are giving them for free and so on. So, um, yeah, they they're. they're Comes sort of like a dependence on aid, uh, which which a lot of these countries have. And his point is that, uh, you know, like the aid is understandable because it's hard to bootstrap, um, you know, infrastructure and development. He's he's making the argument. One of one of the more important things is energy um, production. And, you know, instead of all of the money that needs to be spent on infrastructure, at least at the beginning, you can start with Bitcoin mining and then, you know, slowly build out um, and make it a much better, uh, more organic, more domestically driven growth instead of this like humanitarian aid model, which has honestly set back a lot of these countries. Vlad Castilla makes the excellent point that all this talk of green energy mining and ESG isn't at all about the environment or diversity. As he argues, it's all about control and we should be very wary of such restrictions being used as an end around to centralization. He essentially makes the argument for Bitcoin toxicity should any of these talking points become, become ways to centralize. Read the piece and understand we, that we have to protect decentralization and that this is a necessary part of Bitcoin's value proposition um so excellent article and the insight was worth uh worth you know uh thinking about uh essentially uh, green energy mining esg all of that is much more about control than anything else um they're uh, they're trying to Put a narrative around to centralize bitcoin again and we as bitcoiners should be toxic towards any sort of attempt at centralization no matter how much uh you know their intentions might sound good arthur hayes explains why dollar expansion is what matters as usual his style is irreverent and he makes connections you wouldn't expect ultimately his argument comes down to Inflation is out of control, and it's bullish for Bitcoin. Um, always worth reading Arthur Hayes' uh, thoughts, and he kind of rambles and talks about a lot of different things, but really, really, uh, you know, insightful uh, mind if you read through everything he has to say. So, um, yeah, I mean, I obviously don't agree with his uh, altcoin stuff, but, uh, but, you know, worth reading in full. Haas McCook dissects Elon's tweets and shows how he is wrong. So he goes uh, point by point on every one of Elon's tweets. There's a new Bitcoin FUD busting website. Uh, it's, uh, you know, BIC, uh, end the FUD, I think is is what it's called. Um, it just has links to a lot of different articles on whatever FUD people come up with. A look at how many times China has bad Bitcoin. So um, this is kind of amusing because you get to see just... You know how many times they keep doing it? Uh, 2013, 17, 19, 21, and so on. Uh, Colorado has shown interest in collecting taxes in crypto. This is uh, from their governor. Uh, we'll we'll see where that goes, but that would be interesting. Boy Boyapati is releasing his book as a Kickstarter. I can't believe I didn't think of this. I'm totally going to do this for my next book, which is probably in the fall. That's a little teaser for all of you. Um, but yeah, he is releasing his book as a Kickstarter. Uh, and he's already raised $100,000, which is more than I've made on my other books. So <laughs> I'm totally going to do this. An interesting thread on how institutions manipulate the market um so yeah read through it it they basically go through how they uh, go to like the illiquid exchanges to manipulate the price and um, and you know get some stories out in the media and so on and i think we're seeing that in bitcoin now another week another DeFi project scams its users this one was particularly awesome because Uh, You know, the website literally said we scammed you guys and you can't do shit about it. Um, I am in Miami this week. Um, I'm literally flying out in a few hours. I am hosting a Christian Bitcoin prayer breakfast on Friday, June 4th at 8 a.m. near the conference venue. Um, I will probably I will be posting a link later today um, and, you know, promoting it and so on. But yeah, it it should be a good time if you're a Christian and you could meet some other people and so on. It will also be at the Bitcoin Standard Conference on August 12th to 14th in Mexico. The Programming Blockchain Seminar is in Mexico on August 10th and 11th. And uh, it's a two-day seminar for programmers. Uh, I am starting the Miami one literally tomorrow. So um, yeah, you're, you're not likely to get in even if you have time. Uh, on this week's Bitcoin Fixes This, I talked to Adam Dirks and Bethany Hamilton about identity. Adam and Bethany talks about how they st- stay grounded in a social media obsessed world. Um, it was great talking to them. They are awesome, down to earth um, you know, Bitcoiners and they have sort of like that Hawaii vibe. Uh, enjoy talking to them. You should t- check it out. As usual, I read through last week's new- newsletter on Twitter Spaces, which you can find. I was on a podcast previewing Bitcoin 2021, um, so uh, you can go check that out. I was also on Theology of Business to talk about Bitcoin and the new book. My other books are here, that's uh, The Little Bitcoin Book and Programming of Bitcoin. Unchained Capital is a sponsor of this newsletter. I uh, I recently joined as an advisor and the advisor announcement should be coming out in the next couple of days. I know the team, and I'm excited about what they're building. If you need multi sig collaborative custody, or Bitcoin-native financial services, learn more at unchained.com. All right, Fiat Delenda Est, this song is done.